0: It's the original em up. It's Gunby F-99 on Amigos. Hi everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Gunby. F ninety nine.
1: Yeah, not a flight simulator as I was predisposed to believe. It's <laughs> no, not. It's, also, be a deep it's one. also not a game about Gumby no.
0: because if you say it real fast, you might you might be confused. <laughs> or Pokey, neither one ever You in know here. why did Gumby star fade?
1: You know, of course Gumby made of clay. Uh, you know, yeah. and uh, and Pokey. In fact, the whole Gumby gang. And those stop motion clay animation. Remember when clay animation, there was a time where it was like a real big deal? I mean, yeah, well past like, well past Gumby's phase. E- every, you know, well year, every
0: year, like the California Raisins Christmas special was a big deal. You saw all that stop motion stuff. And Clay
1: Fighter and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Clay was, and remember uh, Peter Gabriel's videos, I think there was clay animation yeah. in that. Clay was like a, it, it rode high. Mm-hmm. But I think just straight up, uh, it got overtaken by CGI and stuff. It's hard to get excited about a a blob of crud that moves by itself, you know. And what is, what is Gumby? Anyway, he's got a <laughs> flat head. He's weird. His proportions are weird. How does he grip stuff? He's got no real fingers. Well, he's think, just a weird guy.
0: I think Gumby's like an ant. He's just like he's a small ant, but he, he's able to latch on to things, and then the clay just kind of seeps into the pores of whatever he's holding on to.
1: You might be right. <laughs> that's disgusting. If that's true, man, never lend Gumby your T-shirt or something. He really messed that thing up. That's what do you why think he do with your Ergo stick? No, not good. <laughs> he mess that thing up. And what else? You know, when he gets on top of Pokey, what's going on there?
0: Well, you don't want. I don't want to know. Even know, what's know. Going on there. No. Did
1: you? Were I mean, you the, into that stuff back in the day? Because that was the, even by honest, my... the,
0: Gumby <laughs> was a little bit before my time. I think. Me too. Really? <laughs> yes. I was Like Gumby, sort of crested in like the mid to late seventies.
1: No. No, 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 I, don't, I mean, he was on t v, but you gotta remember back in those days, any like, for example, when you're a kid, there was a limited amount of kid stuff that said so showed every that's all we saw the Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry's like a, from the fifties, like mm-hmm. a million times. That's all he had. Right. It's not like they were gonna make a whole lot of new stuff. It's so a Gumby, who was the guy, the kid with the dog, Goliath and Davy? That's another one that used to be on. You remember them? They were real mm-hmm. churchy. you don't remember that one? No, uh, so that's another one that you they used to play. So we just got everything that had ever been made for kids over like 50 years. That's just what we saw. We saw it all. I even saw Milton Berle and stuff back in the day.
0: Where do you stand on like the British form of claymation, like Wallace and Gromit and all that stuff?
1: I mean, I know of it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, but I know, I don't stand on it. I just kind of just let it go. I don't really have mm-hmm. an opinion on it. Did you watch a lot of that? They had movies and stuff, right? Yeah, I, I watched the movie. There
0: was a movie about, I think it was called like Chicken Run or something like that. Is that, That oh, I don't know, I've heard of that, you know, I think it had games.
1: Did you, did you you play with clay when
0: you were a kid? I, no, I mean, (laughs) no, I didn't, I mean, well, clay is like dirt, right? I mean, I dug holes It's not like dirt,
1: clay is is. clay, but I mean, you, Uh, you, you never had a big stick of, uh, like, art clay to mess around with, y'all didn't do that? No, what do you, where do you get sticks of art clay from? Did you have art classes when you were a kid? Yeah. And they didn't yeah. give you any sort of clay to sculpt and stuff? No. Well, Did you ever have no.
0: Play-Doh? I remember having, remember that, I had like a moldable eraser. You ever have one of those? You were like when I was in middle school, you go down to McGee's. Remember McKee, McGee and Company there in Taze Valley? It's on the I left don't. side by where the, the, the donut shop they opened up was. Anyway, you go there at. and you get the art kit. And you spend, like, lots of money on this art kit. Then you take it to the middle school art class, and you use about 3% of what's in the kit. But the rest of the stuff is just really cool stuff. And so I remember this eraser, and uh, the eraser was, like, moldable into different objects. It was sort of like clay.
1: And I remember it smelled really weird. So you're telling me, John Bodekar Schaller, that in your whole life, you have never taken a big block of clay and went, like, bleh.
0: No, like for example, that, that um that one the Lionel Richie video where he's blind and he makes the girl's head. I always wanted to be that guy.
1: You want to be blind?
0: Boy. Yeah, and making girls' heads. <laughs> well, I mean that would be awesome.
1: Something tells me you would do a horrible job. You've never touched clay. <laughs> something tells me that he had years of experience before he actually went blind. And like years of being a pupil to some art master. Did you ever play with silly putty? Yes. I remember Silly Putty
0: because what you could do is you could take the funnies and you could mash it on there and then you lift it off and you got the funny right there on the Silly Putty.
1: That's right. And you could also, like, it would bounce if you made it into mm-hmm. a ball. You could bounce That's it. That's something say- that needs to Does Luke have any Silly Putty around? No, we don't want that. You know why? Mm-hmm. As a parent, you hate it. Because they can like, grind it in the carpet, feed oh, it yeah. to the pets. That's true. Do all kinds of crazy crap, you know? Yeah, you probably you probably end up with a lot of
0: cat hair on the silly putty, and that's no. Yeah,
1: oh man, I'm just I really legitimately I'm stunned that you've never done anything with clay. Did you not take art classes when you're like in, in, in kindergarten or in the summer? You know, no, my mom had me. It's so using part pipe cleaners. I think Hurricane and clay was a lot more attuned to the
0: art than you were, when you were a child. They had. They I all, am an artist. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah I, mean, we, I went to art classes every summer. So did the boy. Went for many years to art classes. And they, did you ever do anything like where you use glass to, or make? All, any glass stuff or like stuff a mosaic of, or like yeah that's right or like stained glass stuff like that. Like in scouts, no. you were in scouts
0: forever. You didn't do any of this stuff. I you know when I was in Boy Scouts, I'm trying to think about the artistic endeavors that we embarked upon. Yeah,
1: what did you get your? How did you? I guess you didn't get the clay badge. I definitely.
0: I don't think I got the art merit badge. To be honest with you, I don't think you needed that one for Eagle. So I lost out. I lost out. Now I will say, you know, my dearly departed father, he was a stained glass man. That's what he did after he retired. Yeah. So if I'm ever in the mood, I can head on over to uh, to the house there and get all the stained glass supplies I could ever want. Go you know, to you
1: you cheesed out in the art area because of your stupid interest in music. That's how That's, you got around it. That's yeah. exactly what it was. So yeah. you got hosed from the glory. I'm for Christmas. I'm buying you a, a big chunk of clay. That's you have my a goal favorite this medium year. to work in. It's clay. You got to have some clay. clay. It's fun because it's you smoosh it. You feel powerful, but then you feel artistic because after you smush it, you look at it and you go like, "That's art."
0: Did you ever have the the opportunity to do the thing with the foot, the foot pedal, and you're making the the, the pot? My aunt does that stuff.
1: I have. I don't done know that. what that's
0: called. What do you call that? It pottery. Pottery. <laughs> hmm. That's what they call an it. An exotic word for
1: that. You know. Yeah, she makes ashtray. I mean, that's I made ashtrays. Every little kid made an ashtray when I was a kid. I see.
0: Actually, you know, now that you mention it. I do sorta of recall making an ashtray. It's something yeah, you my, go. in my life, yeah. There you go. So I you just your mind's
1: going, Boat. Yeah, it happens.
0: It is, it is. All right, Aaron. It's time to talk about gun beer. <laughs> Oh yeah, Gunman. man. That's a good one. Well, that's right. a good tune, boat. It is, it is. So Gunby F ninety nine. So this is a vertically scrolling shooter uh for the Amiga. One player only, Aaron, that was released in nineteen ninety-eight. A late release, some might say <laughs> for the Amiga. Yeah. Um this is a uh it's a port of a nineteen ninety one arcade game called Datana Twinbee. Which is otherwise known as Bells and Whistles in Europe. I don't believe this game ever got a North American release, and my guess is that it was only uh, released in America as a conversion kit. Because, uh, like you said, you had a little bit of trouble. You couldn't you couldn't track down any sort of a cabinet or anything for this, could you?
1: No, I couldn't. I I did not know its Japanese name, so I just simply looked for Bells and Whistles, Mm -hmm. and I did not see any actual like dedicated Bells and Whistles cabinets.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so, but anyway, before we get into Gunby, I wanted to talk a little bit about the history of Twin B, because I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, Datana Twin B is actually the fifth game in the Twin B series. Wow. Uh, but, but parts 2, 3, and 4 were only released on home consoles, which is kind of crazy to think about. You have an arcade series... It launches in the arcade, then it goes home for a couple games, and then it comes back to the arcade on its fifth iteration. Can you think of
1: another game that, that did that? That went from the arcades to the house and then back. And then back I, to the arcade. I can't read off the top of my head. I was I was just thinking that when you were saying that, I've got the MSX in here beside me. I something tells me that maybe I might have able to play some of those other versions. I wouldn't be surprised oh, yeah. at all. Yeah. 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 In fact, I believe that all of the versions, all
0: uh, two, three, and four were all released on the MSX. So yeah. I'll be timely. in good shape. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, Datana Twinbee was created and published by the Konami team. Uh, Back in the 80s, of course, in the early 80s, 82, 83, you had one of the most seminal shooter games ever released. Uh, And that game, of course, is Xevious. Xevious with its, uh, you know, scrolling, plus you can move all over the screen. You're not limited to just moving back and forth. <clears throat> it has bombing. It has shooting. It has colorful enemy patterns. It really took shooter games to the next level. Wouldn't you agree that it was sort of the next level past your yeah. gal- Galaxy and Galaga, all that stuff?
1: You know, I, well, I mean, it's a different sort of game than those, but mm-hmm. it certainly there's a lot more flexibility in it. A great game, uh, uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of that one. So yeah, and you could see the influences for sure.
0: Right, right, and of course, Zevius, published by Namco, Konami across the street is like man. We got to get in on some of that action. <laughs> yeah, and so what they did was they divided up into two teams, and they sent one team off, and they said, "Okay, you guys are going to create a horizontally shooting uh, game, kind of like Scramble. You, we need you to take Scramble to the next level." And then this other team, they say, "Okay, we want you to take what you like about Zevius and create your own game around Zevius style mechanics." What did the uh, the scramble team create? Well, they created a little minor hit called Gradius. Oh man! <laughs> I and think they what, won the competition. And what did <laughs> the horizontal or the vertically screwed uh, sh- scrolling shooter team come up with? They came up with Twin B. So Twin and uh, Twin B and Gradius released almost simultaneously. Uh, one being the horizontal shooter, one being the vertical shooter, and uh, of course in the states. There's no question which is the most well-known. Gradius is uh, a very famous game. It was released uh, with multiple sequels, multiple iterations, multiple names. The second uh, Gradius game, I believe, was released as a life force in yeah. the United States. It's a good um, one, too. And, uh, but Twinbee uh, never once, as far as I can tell, never once graced the shores of North America. It got that. Uh, the, the fifth game, of course, released for the, uh, the, uh, the the arcades. Now, the second game in the Twin B series was released in the United States by Konami. It's known as Stinger, and uh, it's a little bit weird. Did you ever play Stinger for the NES? I've heard of it, but I don't think I've played it, But So Stinger starts out, you're in the little Twin B craft, but you start out as a—it starts out as a as a horizontally scrolling shooter, and then it changes in the second stage to be uh, vertically scrolling. So it kind of goes back and forth. It's a little bit weird, yeah. uh, and but all of the other Twin B games uh, past the second one stick with that vertically scrolling type of thing. Uh, it is worth noting. That, you know, you can kind of pigeonhole these games and say, well, Gradius is the more, you know, serious game. It's set in space with aliens, you know, man stuff, aliens. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Twinbee is more that cutesy aesthetic. You know, people call them cute ups or whatever. Uh, Gradius actually has a whole series of games with the Twinbee uh, aesthetic called Parodius. Uh, I don't one. know if, yeah, I don't know if, yeah. Oh, yeah. Parodius is, uh, it's the weird games. Uh, yeah. and, uh, that is sort of the, 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 the Twin Bee kind of, uh, influence on the Gradius universe. So, anyway, getting back to Datana Twin B, uh, the music in this game was done by Michiru Yamane. Uh, she, Aaron, might be the most famous female video game composer of all time. Okay uh yeah are you are you familiar with this name i want to ask you
1: before i'm not i'm not i'm not familiar
0: not only did she do the music for this game but she composed one of the most iconic scores of all time and one of my favorite soundtracks i had no idea that she did this until i was doing research she did the music for castlevania symphony of the night and uh you want to talk about a knockout soundtrack that is a knockout soundtrack i know it's much Um,
1: ballyhoo that's for sure
0: the uh, there she also did the music for the JRPG Suikoden Three, and uh, the more modern fighter
1: Skullgirls. You ever hear about Skullgirls? It's funny we just talked about that. I've not played it, but I know it got a lot of uh, attention. So I'm looking yeah. forward to see what it looks like. So I've not seen it yet. Yeah.
0: So anyway, she she did the music for that. So the music in this game, I think, is pretty good. Uh, and um, and there's a reason why. So anyway, we're still talking about the Tana Twin B. Uh, we haven't gotten to Gunby yet. Uh, the thing that sets Datana Twinby apart from other vertically scrolling shooters, well, just name, what's the first thing that comes in your head, Aaron, that sets this this game and this series apart?
1: Well, I mean, for me, it's just that it's really goofy. And now what do you mean by goofy? I mean, it's it's you caught it, the queued them up. It, I, I can see why this didn't get released in the States because of people like me who are I like? I am. You said more manly shooters. That's what I like. This is more, much more cutesy, you know, much more anime sort of based when you start up. Uh, than, than your average uh, the shooters that we have grown up with or been used to, uh, when this came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's
0: definitely got a cheerful. Kind of cartoony vibe. Yeah. Uh there's a you know, you're you're instead of flying across a, a you know a barren hellscape like you are in every other shooter, you're flying across sort of the open uh it looks sort of like European, like castles and stuff. Uh big puppy there are, clouds. It's yeah, it's, big it's, it's puppy actually clouds. very pleasant. I will say yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and uh the, the, of course the game is set in this, this bright, happy world where you control one of two flying ships. Uh you got Twin Bee and Winbee uh they they didn't they didn't uh venture far out into the realm of creativity yeah they just dropped the t and when became the second ship so anyway these ships are like that you know you would think that they would be b-shaped i wouldn't really call these b-shaped they're what would? how would you describe the shape of your craft in this game
1: um they almost look like maybe like you know those one-man subs that you can mm-hmm. see, or, or like yeah. the robotic underwater—I guess submersible
0: type of yeah, thing—yeah,
1: something like that. You know, they, that's what they were sort of remind me of. They don't yeah. look like bees, and they've got full-on like cartoonish
0: arms, complete with gloves.
1: Yeah, the white <laughs> that, glove treatment is in effect. That's you right.
0: Know? And what do you do with your arms? Well, you use them to throw bombs, of course so that's pretty cool literally he uh, just draw, yeah like yeah, grenades that's <laughs> right that's right And of course that's the the whole xevious thing is that you've got ground and air base tactics in this game now before we go any further aaron had you played bells and whistles before this week
1: you know I, it's funny you should ask because i've been killing myself i've played i've played it, it now but I there's these things sort of run together for me. But I would it seems like I would have remembered the opening and stuff in this, and I, I don't remember it. So I'm guessing I never I never tried this one, Bode. Okay. And with a name this like is, that, I wouldn't even know what it was. So that that this was,
0: is a game that I w- first started playing when I built my main cabinet down here in the basement, uh, and I found that because on uh, the uh, when I had my hyperspin set up. Bells was pretty close to the top and you know I'm always looking for shooters to play yeah. cuz that's the best thing to do on the arcade machine and since B is up there I was like hey Bells and Whistles and man I've played the heck out of this thing for years so I am in a pretty uh, unusual position this week on Amigos having had plenty of experience with the source material which I don't get to uh to say very often so anyway let's talk a little bit about the mechanics of this game so you blast your way through each level and as you can see in addition to the enemies you also have these big puffy clouds that are everywhere and uh, when you shoot the clouds bells like come out of the clouds and this is your classic kind of church bell liberty bell style bell that comes out of here okay and you have options at this point you can either collect the bells for points or you can shoot them and when you shoot them they kind of bounce back up in the air and if you shoot them enough They change color, and uh, when they change color, uh, depending on what color they change, they give you various power-ups, or if you shoot the bell and it becomes black, it gives you a power down, which is no good. Um, That's the bells in the bells and whistles title. I I don't know where the whistles are. Uh, I don't know if that was a thing or not. So Anyway, uh, the game did great in Japan. Uh, There was a, a trade publication called Game Machine, it listed Datana Twinbee on their March 15th, 1991 issue as being the third most popular arcade game at the time. So it did pretty well in the charts. Uh, Datana Twinbee was also responsible for launching the game series into other media. This was, even though this was the fifth game, this was the one that really was the breakout success uh, for, for the series. Uh, Aaron, there was a radio drama. That's right. A radio drama.
1: <laughs> well, you can tell when this thing. When it starts up and all that stuff, you can in this little cutscenes, you can tell that there's something going on story-wise. That, yeah. So I'm assuming the drama would be would be coming from those characters.
0: Yeah, I thought that would tickle you because I know you're a yeah, big fan. of Yeah, I of, do of old like old that, especially considering
1: this came out in the in the, in the 80s and in the early 90s. That was <laughs> just any radio drama is pretty unique. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so the, they use that opportunity to flesh out the characters. So the characters are now named Light and Pastel, the pilots of Twin Bee, Light oh, and man. Pastel. That could be worse. Uh, they have to defeat the forces of the evil alien Iva and save the planet Meru after receiving an SOS message sent by Princess Melora. There's oh, a lot man. of names in there. Yeah, really. uh, there was also an anime that ran for a couple seasons in 98 and 99 called Twin Bee Paradise. So that actually lined up with the Amiga release of uh, Gunby. Who knows, maybe that was sort of what spurred it on. Um, the game was ported first to the Sharp X68000, Uh, And then to a variety of other systems, including the PC Engine and the MSX, the PlayStation. Uh, Those are the official ports. Now, Aaron, it's time to talk about the unofficial ports. And by that, I mean our Amigos Game of the Week, Gun BF99.
1: Yes, because you said that I'm interested to hear the story on this.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you want to switch that over to the other one, we can start talking about the development of this game. This was developed by Twin Eagles, okay? Twin Eagles, where do they hail from? Well, they hail from Peru, Aaron. Peru. Oh, the Land neat. of Machu Picchu, okay? Yeah. They are responsible for several well-known and not-so-well-known hacks and various bootleg games, Aaron. <laughs> I love it. The majority of their hacks are sprite and title screen hacks where you know they do the old shtick, they put Sonic in a Mario game or the other way around. Yeah. Uh they're they're according to the internet, Aaron, they're most famous for Speedy Gonzalez Los Gatos Banditos. They hacked Sonic into that game and they released it as Sonic the Hedgehog 4 on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. So Many of these hacks, Aaron, were actually commissioned works, you know, because you got to remember, before the days of the internet, people were making ROM hacks, and it wasn't like they could just distribute them on the internet. What did they do with these things? Well, what they would do was they would give the master ROM to resellers across the world, and then those resellers would make cartridges and distribute the games in various, you know, underground facilities like the flea market. So that's how they made their money. They would hack these ROMs, they would burn the ROMs, they would make the cartridges, and then they would sell those to, you know, shady distributors all over the world. And that's how these hacks got around. Did you ever see any sort of, you know, uh, these sort of hacked cartridges back in the day?
1: You know, I don't, well, no, in in a word, because I've lived in West Virginia. We could barely get the real things to come here. Uh, So, but I would wager that the market for things like that wasn't here. I would say, I mean, I never, no, I never saw any hacked cartridges. I don't, I'm not sure I've ever seen any, if I'm honest. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some,
0: I've seen some, you know, the, you know, with the NES carts, you get Action 52 and some of the shadier releases like the Codemasters releases that were, uh, you know, not released with the Nintendo seal of approval. Like 10 gen stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. You see that that, at the flea market. But, yeah, never. I've never seen any, like, real hack cartridges before. Um, as far as I can tell, Gun B is the only Twin Eagles release for the Amiga. So they got on the Amiga, and they got off it right away. Um, this is, uh, of course, an unlicensed port of Datana Twin B. Uh, it was published by APC and TCP, which is a German outfit uh, and they still exist to this day. You can go there and you can buy software for the Amiga from APCtcp.de, I believe is, is their name. Um, and, uh, and so they are they are still in existence. And this was, uh, it was originally uh, debuted as a one level demo called AmiB, uh, and it promised a two-player option. but when the full Gunby game was released, the two-player mode was scrapped. Uh, just a one-player-only game. This is an AGA-only title, which you'd think, you know, in '98 people were really only, I think, producing games for AGA at this point. Yeah. Um, and um, now, looking at this game, it definitely looks good. You know, could this game be released on an OCS chipset? I am going to tend towards. I'm gonna. I'm gonna err towards yes. I think with the, you know, the the magicians that are at work these days. Producing like that Final Fight clone and and uh, Kung Fu Master and all that stuff, uh, it seems like this game is not out of the OCS realm of possibility. What do you think, Aaron? I would
1: I would agree with you. And the thing, what this game is not what I would call a, a speed demon either. No. And so uh, I, I would not be surprised that you could do it with without too much of a difference. But I'm sure it was easier. I mean, why not use the French thing like we talked about before? Yeah. I mean, it does look pleasant uh they uh, uh in terms of using the HEA, I don't know how much they had to use it but it looks nice
0: yeah yeah and so there's two modes here uh there are you can play this game in honey mode uh mm. or story mode um and uh To be honest with you, there's there's really no difference. I think the only difference about that. (laughs) The only difference that I could find is that you are well, let me tell you about the story, first of all. Okay. Here's the story because they didn't use the story from the Japanese version. They wrote their own story for this game. All right. Okay. Yeah. So here we go. Somewhere in the universe, Volstix is being involved in a chaos by and I'm leaving all the typos in. By strange beasts and weird machines. Leading the attack, Lord Kenmir wants to steal the five crystals owned by the beautiful Princess Akiko. Akiko is worried about the Lord's plans as the crystals can supply enough power to conquer whole planets. But Lord Kermir's patience is over. He he order to his favorite pet, Kangri, Kangri Aaron to visit Akiko's royal city. Helped by a savage beast, the Lord take possession of the crystals and kidnaps the princess Akiko. Sad for a loss of her best friend, Kiara Maguire will lead the assault to save Akiko and take back the crystals and fight against Kenmere's beasts. The engineers designed the ultimate instrument of dis- destruction, Gun BF-99.
1: Well, that is a story. I, I I'm not gonna lie to you. I had trouble following that. You know, Listen,
0: if you didn't understand the story, don't worry, <laughs> because this game is a game that does not need or require a story. Uh, the difference between story mode and honey mode is uh, they mentioned some crystals in here. You can uh, shoot crystals out of clouds and dump them into buckets instead of dumping the bells into buckets for extra points in honey mode. Uh, that, as far as I can tell, is the only the only difference. So, Aaron, I've given you the background. I've given you the the the, the mind bending story. Tell me, what do you think about Gunby F ninety
1: nine? You know, again, I, uh, when, I, when I, we first picked this, I thought this was a flight wonder because the F ninety nine. I thought, man, Gunby, what an odd military, uh, you know, <laughs> name for a jet. Mm-hmm. So, I was I was pleasantly surprised that it was this. Uh, I told you uh, last night, Boat, never has a game that was so easy been so hard. It, this game is irritating, because it's, it doesn't move at a quick clip. It sort of meanders, you know, but at the same time, things are hard to avoid. <laughs> it's a real strange game. I will say I got better at it the more I played it, you know, and once I understood some of the mechanics and stuff, but it's an odd game now for a game that was released. I don't know. Uh, did you say? Are we officially calling this a public domain or it's, no? It's, I don't know. I this, mean, this was, was a commercially. Game. This
0: was a commercially released title. Uh, looking, I looked at old EAB discussions, English Amiga board discussions. Yeah, and there was a thread on this in 2008. Gunby was still being sold on the distributor website for the princely sum of two euro.
1: Hey, that's a steal. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, but listen, if you're into a game that you where you fight flying lobsters and vegetables and stuff, you might, or you like the, uh this sort of aesthetic in a game. And really, I'm, I'll be honest with you, when I first fired this up, I wasn't exactly licking my chops, boat. But as I played it, you know the the bell gimmick, that's a good gimmick. It reminds me—I believe it was Galaga '88—that had one of the b- bonus stages, had you bouncing this thing up in the air to spell "bonus" over and over. And it sort of reminded me of that with the bells. I like the bell angle; it works better in the arcade version than, than it does in this, I think. But I like—that's fun. It's and it's 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 something you can do while you're actually playing the game. It's like almost like a side game that you that you do. Just to, you know, see how how many times you can whack it, or you know. Uh, but uh, the games, the, the it's funny, the bombing aspects of the game, I don't want to say they seem like, I'm not saying they were t- felt like they were tacked on, but I mean, I, they didn't seem as important as the shooting. Maybe it's just, I didn't get super far into the game, maybe it becomes a bigger deal. You know, but once you figure out that to bomb stuff to get fruit and stuff is a big deal, at least that gave the bombing a little more purpose. Uh, the the uh uh the creatures you fight are goofy but I mean they're not as random flying idiots as we see in some of the games we play I mean they they come down in formations and stuff it's not something like a blood money or something uh so they're they're nice there are the backgrounds are good I like the clouds and stuff they did a good job with that part of it they're not gonna be able to capture well, I mean I guess they weren't even trying to capture. It's hard to say if they're trying to capture what the arcade game was. I mean, I don't know, I'll get your opinion in a minute. But the the what the arcade game had rich, lavish backgrounds, multi You'd look down and see, you know, you know how it is. Nice and beautiful. And there's no way you're going to get that on here. But they did make it look nice, you know. And this is a real game. I mean, it's a I mean, for some for some crazy Peruvian bootleggers. This this is a decent little game. It's got decent graphics, uh, and the controls good. When you, I mean, it's sort of unforgiving, you know. But uh, uh, and it's tough. It's super. It, I found it very difficult. I found it much harder than the arcade games' first couple levels. Uh, but I did get better, and I did enjoy it. Uh, but well, what did you think about it? Well, I'll tell you what I like and what
0: I don't like. So graphic wise, this game is a triumph. I really think that you know you're right. It doesn't capture all of the nuance of the arcade game, but as far as you know, for being an Amiga conversion, it really looks good. It really yeah. looks good. Um, I think that they did a great job of you know showing you all of the different, like, like you said, they they brought all the a you know, bunch of the different enemy types over. Um, they give you a lot of options at the beginning of the game. You can play this thing in NTSC or PAL. Um, you can they they've included a bunch of the animated intro stuff, which is cool. Um,
1: Keyboard, joystick, one
0: or yeah, two buttons. Yeah, yeah you've got you got a lot of options, and I appreciate that. I think yeah, that's yeah. really cool. I would have appreciated a difficulty uh, menu <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah. This game is insanely difficult and i really think you hit the nail on the head because if you're watching a playthrough of this game you're going to think boy why is this difficult because the game does not scroll quickly uh in fact when you start a level the game moves at an awesome clip i mean you're really moving along and you're like yeah well guess what as soon as the enemies show up the game crawls to almost a halt uh the, the the scrolling speed scroll it, it goes way way down yeah and then like you said you just sort of meander along from there now, and that's
1: by design it's not like the mc yeah. can't handle it they they made it like that it's slow right. it puts it in, in super slow mode i mean to think about it, if you're driving through space and all of a sudden you see a fleet of crap you're gonna slow way down so i'll buy yeah. i'll buy it
0: yeah yeah you're not wrong um now uh the game is the enemies, you know, they, they're not really out to get you. It's it, This game is really unique among shooters because the enemies are just kind of going about their business for the most part. Well, they're out every to once, shoot you, though. Every That's once in a while, they'll they'll shoot a, a bullet. I don't recall there ever being more than one bullet on the screen at a time. And the bullet will sort of, you know, come towards you a little bit. Uh, but what makes this game difficult is that, you know, one hit and you're dead. There's no life bar and the enemies will just come out of nowhere they don't all start from the top you know they'll come from the sides and when you are in a cloud that is where i died most of the time because yeah because you go under the to, cloud yeah you go under yeah. a cloud you can't see yourself and oftentimes enemies will start their route from under a cloud and that and you'll just die and you'll the only reason you'll know is you'll hear there's a little japanese sound when you die there's a japanese it's you japanese know voice sound. sample when you, when you come back in <laughs> yeah yeah it's just one of those Whoa! You know, and you can tell they're trying to be <laughs> Japanese and anime. Anime, yeah. As, um, they were too. The all, all yeah. the
1: cutscenes, everything is very Japanese.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, the uh, this is a boy. You know, as long as you don't really spend a lot of time with the arcade game, I think that you'd be happy with this. Like, oh, if yeah. you're if you're a guy playing this, like this was released also on the cover of Amiga, one of the Amiga magazines. It was a cover CD. Wow, you're like yeah it was a freebie on one yeah. you know this is but very late in the amigas life where the cover disc had gone by the wayside and they had cover cds and uh you know you'd be you'd be extremely happy with this but if we're comparing this to the arcade version it really falls flat because the stages are so incredibly long. Too long i mean you can play i think you know i got to the boss once and i was so happy i texted you on discord i sent yeah. you a picture of me at the boss i was like i did it one time and to i be fair, died. you were
1: you were leaning back in your easy chair with a with your with your booties on there playing yeah,
0: yeah there might have been a cold one involved as well <laughs> yeah so the uh and when you play the arcade game i mean first of all it moves faster Uh, And you get to the end of the stage quicker. I mean, you get to the end of the stage, and it's no big deal to beat the first boss. Okay. And that's what you want. We say this over and over again. Yeah. Give me the feeling of accomplishment early on in a game. That's what keeps me wanting to play the game. Um, Other things. The, the power-ups in this game, they they leave off almost all of the power-ups that are in the arcade version. In the arcade version, you get a, like a little doodad. like It's almost like a little ghost figure that can follow you along. Yeah. That's super cool. In the arcade version, when you die, your, uh, your ghost will start to fly off the screen, and you can respawn and connect with your ghost and pick up all your power-ups where they were before. That is something that is sorely missed in this game because when you die in this game, you lose everything. Yeah. Speaking of the power-ups, you get basically there are there's a power-up, there's a speed-up, there's a shield, and there's a fire beam. Those are the four power-ups, okay? You can get bells that say power-up, but there's no indication on your screen about how powerful you are. I would have loved to be able to see that because like it's just it's nice to have a visual indicator of where your power meter is because you could be like well because I'm sure at some point you can collect enough power to where you max it out and then you're like well I don't need to bother with you know trying to kill myself trying to get these bells anymore because my power is already at the max yeah. you don't get any of that in this game and to it much to its detriment
1: so what did you what did you think about the 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 uh, the old hold the button down for the bigger fire gimmick? until well, it runs out I, can you tell like you, that?
0: I I I think it's okay. You know, yeah. it, 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 but it runs I out. I would have liked to have <laughs> seen I would have liked to have seen a a charge shot that was not that, that you had infinite, you know, infinite yes. amounts of that wasn't as powerful as the fire beam and then move the fire beam to the second button.
1: Yeah, That's I agree. What I would have preferred. I agree because that that was really surprising the first time I did it. I was like, "What what's going on?" I will say I recommend the two pu- buttons on this one. So, you could have it, you know. I don't even know how I handle it with one button for the terms of the dropping the grenades. Right. Then, right, what did you right. think about the bombing? It's, you know, the bombing, one thing that's w- unlike Xevious, the game that uh, this is sort of semi based on, Xevious, you have perpetually have like a reticule or, or a targeting thing for your bombs. And this, you don't really get one until you're throwing the bomb. Yeah, and the so, reticule and so is that almost is useless. Bizarre. The, well, I mean, it comes up after you've already thrown the bomb. Right, right. Uh, So the all bombing... it does is show you where you're going to bomb, where you want to bomb next time in relation to where you're at. Now, you can get yeah. better at bombing, but it, you have to take some you take some time to get used to it. It was pretty weird. Yeah, and I agree with you. The
0: bombing, I, it does feel really tacked on. Uh, the, the enemy, character, unlike the arcade version, at least in the first stage, the enemy characters on the ground don't attack you. So you're just sort of doing it for points. And in a game like this, I mean, I almost feel like I would rather not play this game for points and just try and see what's what's back there. Because, you know, in my in a, in my perfect world, what you have is you have a game that's that's somewhat completable, and then you go back and you play it for score after you've mastered beating, getting through all the levels. Yeah. Me, I couldn't p- even
1: think about doing scores this. it was too hard. I yeah, wasn't nearly yeah. good enough to do that. But, I mean, so, I will say, I like the idea of, like, bombing stuff for fruit and stuff to up your health. I, oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. And, get, and you, uh, you, uh, you can get stuff that way. And there's an in, there's a uh, ridiculous amount of stuff you can bomb. There's so much that there you can't even come close to bombing at all. There's mm-hmm. no way. So you just yeah. have to sort of pick and choose and hope you hit something, basically. Now,
0: I've been really negative about this game, but this is actually one of my favorite Amiga shooters. <laughs> because <laughs> it's just so much, it, it brings so much more to the table. Then and a, a part of this is because it's such a late release. I mean, by 1998, shooters had come a long way. Now, is this game better than Hybris? No, Hybris still reigns supreme. But is is this better than like um what that that one game that everybody loves? Banshee. All those rock is it better than Banshee?
1: Yes. No. I think this is a hundred percent better game than. Banshee. I don't think it's 100%. better Banshee. I don't because Banshee, especially the later levels. Uh, man, listen, I, they're almost incomparable, if you want the truth. Because this is a... Even a... Yes, it's cute. Okay, yes, the, it's, the weaponry's odd, right? But it's almost... This is a strange... Uh, it's a shooter, but it's a different vibe. It, it doesn't feel... Like, it doesn't even feel like something like a, a Banshee or a Swiv. It's got its, uh, its... It's a different sort of cat. And uh, if, uh, on its own feet, by its own standards... It's a pretty fun game, and the fact that these guys didn't do much else on the Amiga, it's sort of a shame, because, I mean, clearly they're skilled. Uh, these guys that put this together, I mean, this is a it's a pretty game. It runs... It doesn't run as fast as the arcade. I, that's something I do find odd, that it runs so slow. I'm assuming that's because of the, the bell gimmick. Mm-hmm. They don't run yeah. it as quick. There's you a know? lot
0: going on on the screen. You know,
1: there sure. is. And sometimes there's too much. When you get a bunch of bad guys on the screen that are shooting, plus you're bombing, plus there's crap bells floating around. It gets real, and there's berries and crap. It gets real confusing. And so I guess that's part of the reason why they run it so slow, because I'm sure the Amiga could have made this move quicker. So I'm going to go on the assumption that that's for gameplay purposes. And, but that alone makes it a lot different than a lot of games. And that and different's good. It's good in this case. Right. I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would, because I'm not the biggest fan of these cute-em-ups. But this actually, the like, really the bell is a big part of that, and the and the fact that uh, uh, it's xevious like uh, mm-hmm. is, is an alert to me. So I would I like this. I mean, it's got it's got uh, mid boss battles. It's got huge boss battles at the end. There's a one of the options on the uh, menu is to change the level, but I could never get that to work. So I'm assuming yeah. that you have to get to the levels to change them. So the saddest part of this game is that i didn't get to actually physically play most of the game i, I wasn't good enough to get there because it's so hard i'd like to i'd love to have like a, some sort of level swap or cheat to where i could at least see more of the game yeah and but i mean the, if, what i saw this, i liked if this would
0: have come out in say like 1992 with the release of the AGA chipset and, and this could have been a real showpiece and it would have technically been possible too because the game had already been out for a year in the arcades then we would have been dealing with this. Would have been, I guarantee you, this would have been one of those games that people would always talk about being their all-time favorite on the Amiga.
1: It, it's a different, it's a different game. It's a fun game. Again, I can absolutely see why this didn't come to the states because it's definitely not a kind of game that would get over in the U.S. I don't think. But yeah. in Europe and Japan, absolutely, because they were more into this sort of thing. So it was a surprise. Let's just put it that way
0: yeah uh we i didn't get a lot of in there because this wasn't really commercially released i didn't find a lot of reviews however amiga format in december 1998 did review it when it was on the cd cover and they gave it an 80 percent
1: you got so, to then yeah
0: i yeah. think
1: that's a fair score what year sure. did you say that was 90, 98
0: 98 same year that listen, it came out
1: that's a low b I would say, I would put this in the B area. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like you said, it's not at the tippy top of shooters, but it's it's something that's so different that that makes it, that makes it interesting and fun. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, we did get some Discord reviews as well. Uh, Pajako6502 writes, Don't let the cute graphics and theme fool you. This game is brutal. It's not that the enemies are difficult to kill, but when you have to juggle bells to power up while trying to shoot them but not too much, and avoid enemies and bullets, it's all a little overwhelming from the off. Sadly, you can spend ages building up your speed and power and then lose it all in an instant, which, like any shooter, can be a massive hindrance in the game. And due to the random nature of the bell colors, building back up can be a chore. Clouds are a little too big and can get in the way, which is pretty bad when there are a ton of baddies and bullets on the screen. None of this makes it a bad game, just a tough one. The game runs at a really nice pace. The graphics are fantastic, and the audio is great. And overall, this is a great homage to Twinbee homage. But if you are new to it, be prepared to put some serious time in to get good 8 out of 10 from Pajaco. Be
1: prepared. Get it?
0: Yeah. Mitsuyama writes, A lot of care and attention has gone into making this game. A nice intro sets the scene. The graphics are colorful, detailed, and well-drawn. The music is great and there are lots of different tunes. Having support for a two button joystick and the option to set the game to NTSC mode so that you get silky smooth gameplay at presumably 60 frames per second is the icing on the cake. This game oozes quality. The gameplay itself however is rock hard. The game doesn't break you in gently, you are up against it right from the start. The difficulty comes from having so much going on at once, juggling the bells to try and collect power ups while shooting the enemies and ground targets as well as avoid their bullets it can feel overwhelming at first. Power-up system can be infuriating. You never know what order the power-ups will be offered or when the bells will turn black, and when you do eventually get the bell color you're looking for, you occasionally have to watch helplessly as it slides off the edge of the screen before you can collect it. Losing your power-ups when you lose a life is perhaps understandable, but losing them between levels is just cruel. I assumed that the arcade game this is based on bells and whistles would be just as hard, but I found that it actually plays a lot easier. I don't understand why the developer chose to make the Amiga port so hard. Perhaps it's a case of not enough playtesting by people not directly involved with the development. With that being said, the game does reward patience and perseverance, and after a few goes I'm able to reach the boss on level 2, but I've not managed to reach level 3 yet. If you're looking for an Amiga shoot 'em up to sink your teeth into, then this might be worth spending some time with, 8 out of 10.
1: He got further than I did, Boat yeah <laughs> that's for darn sure <laughs> Me yeah, too. He's, he's right there we didn't even mention the music i thought the tunes were they were upbeat and fun yeah. you know yeah the ones i heard anyway i'm sure there are more that i didn't get to hear like i said I, at the end of the day i just wish i could get further in this thing than i can but i will say uh we talked last night and we we're talking about getting to that first boss i did get to the first boss multiple times i didn't get past him uh but and by the way you say you think to yourselves all oh, they got to the first boss what a bunch of geeks good luck you get in there and do it it ain't that easy Uh, because the levels are so long. And that's something else. They did cut these levels in half. How many times have we said that on this show? About Mm. about a million. Uh, Cut them in half. Have it end after that first sub boss. You know, and then you can just, like, do it in stages. Stages. What's the problem with this? Just do it in stages, man. But, I mean, those things aside, uh, I, uh, I think it's a big winner. But I enjoyed it. Oh, we should mention, while we've got it up here, just to show off the differences between the arcade and the Amiga version, this is—I mean, this makes it look well, worse. Than again, it is. like if you look <laughs> at the
0: speed of the scroll, yeah, the speed of the scroll is almost the same. Yeah, but it's just the speed of your craft is—you yeah. have so much more velocity.
1: Plus, if you're—I mean, if you're listening on the radio. The, in the arcade, your ship is augmented by like 30 things. They're right. so much more powerful. Like the ship you've got in the Amiga version, it, it, it basically just lumbers along with basically nothing, Yeah,
0: which and was the, one the, thing that the, was weird. The size of the clouds makes such a difference. I mean, they're twice as big in the Amiga version.
1: Yeah, although even the, the whole bit about... Uh, going under the clouds, boat, I don't know, man. <laughs> I never like a game where you lose track of your craft or your guy. Oh, yeah,
0: it definitely adds to the challenge. You know? It sure.
1: reminded me, like, was it Supercars 2 where you get through the tunnels? Mm-hmm. And when you're in there, you're screwed. So if you're wrecked yeah. or something, you're boned. But look yeah. at the multiple layers. for you're listening to homie I mean, the arcade version, it has really, really is attractive uh, for the age it came out in. You know, the Japanese are just the absolute best at, re- at making these beautiful Schmups with all the stuff going on. There's waterfalls. There's chasms. There's pits. There's little houses. It's all this beautiful stuff. Right. Uh, it really I,
0: makes you feel like when you put a quarter in that you're getting your money's worth because even if you suck, you're at least going to get some great visuals.
1: Absolutely. So if you if you haven't played in this in the arcade, uh, "Bells and Whistles," I would give it a whirl. And I really think you can enjoy them both. They're not totally dissimilar, but uh, I think they're they both have something to bring to the table. Boat.
0: If you ask any Amiga repair technician what the most problematic component of a motherboard is, they'll undoubtedly mention capacitors. The electrolytic capacitors that ship with the Amiga are 30 years old or older at this point, and each one is a ticking time bomb waiting to explode battery acid all over your motherboard, sometimes damaging it irrevocably. Don't wait, replace your capacitors now. Full capacitor kits for every Amiga model are available now at RetroRewind.ca. Don't want to attempt the repair yourself? Use their white glove recap service and leave the intricate removal and soldering process to the professionals using industry standard equipment. Use the promo code Amigos10 at checkout and save 10% off your cap kit or service. Remember, make RetroRewind.ca your first stop for all your Commodore computer needs. News. All right, Aaron. We got two news stories. Sort of a slow news week this week, but there is there are rumblings in the Amiga community. Up first is the head rumbler, the one and only Chris Edwards.
1: <laughs> There's always you rumblings know, in the Amiga community, Bo. Come on. <laughs>
0: Chris has he Chris has repaired a lot of machines in his time. I don't know that he's ever had one quite this bad before
2: oh, man.
0: Uh, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna refer directly to the uh to the uh, the, the description here um he says <laughs> that uh this was an amiga 2000 that came with the old shtick it worked the last time i used it you heard that one before aaron oh yeah yeah
1: <laughs> many times in the arcade too many times oh,
0: so man. i'm gonna i'm just gonna give you a quick rundown of what he found okay and i'm sure this is not all Got 12 volts on a 5-volt rail. The power supply plugged in backwards. Melted melted Agnes lines. There's 32 fried ram chips. (laughs) Uh, I mean, this is just, uh, he he said this is the result of uh, uh, three months of repairs to get this thing working
1: again. Man, this is what I would have chucked right in the old trash. Or I'd sold this to eBay. (laughs) A condition unknown, brother. You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, I, you know, put I saw uh, we talked about this before the show, the power and backwards and all the stuff. Thirty-two RAM chips. I just saw a big, huge piece of RAM chip that was all jacked up, just and and the chips ja- blown. Like I, I've worked on like when I worked for IBM, they decided to get into the uh, laptop business briefly. Lexmark did. It was a spinoff, mm-hmm. and so we had these boards that they, no matter what happened, we had to try to make them work. And it was very similar to this, because some idiot would hook him up to the tester wrong and blow up half the ram, and it would be crap smoking and broken chips. It was a disaster to work on these things, and that's what this reminded me of. And, of course, Chris is out of his mind. I mean, he'll do it. Man, I hope this dude bought you a, a beer or something uh, when you finish this up. But, yeah, this is one, you know, I don't do this anymore, and I don't have the patience to do it anymore. That's why it's fun to watch some other guy. I don't want to say sucker, but I'm going to. Because you've got to be a sucker and work on something like this, brother. Uh, I'm sure that uh, 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 Chris Edwards and Frank Ritterrua could could exchange horror stories uh, about these hideous things that they fix on a weekly basis. That's why I'm happy to be out of the game, mode. I don't need that, brother. Oh, yeah.
0: And our other... Uh, of course, a friend of the Amiga community, Doug from Dynamic Commuting, has released a new 10-Mark video, 10-minute Amiga Retrocast. He, too, has purchased a new Amiga keyboard from our friend and uh, sponsor of the show, Simulant of Amiga Addict Magazine. Yeah. Uh, tell us about this one, Aaron.
1: Well, of course, <laughs> I mean, one thing I will and say Doug about, is
0: destroying this box. Well, I'm no, actually, it came thing.
1: pre-destroyed. Oh That's one of the things he talks about. And you know, uh, some people uh, a lot. I'll, let's put this: way, if you pay X amount of dollars for something, you would like it to come intact, right? Yes. And then yes. so some when I hear, when I think intact, I'm pretty easy. I just want the whatever's in the box to be intact, and then it mm-hmm. is. It's intact. But some people. Want the box to be pristine as well, and it's understandable, man. You're paying the big money, yeah. And one of the things Doug's mentions is that this thing they didn't put this thing in a box. They shipped it as is mm. with no outer box, boat. You know what I mean? And so, and Doug's like, that's no good. Uh, Doug also takes this out, you know, hooks it up, uses it on his PC, the uh, the uh, uh, and it works fine. And then he tries hooking it up to his Amiga, and he does run into some problems. Uh, with, uh, uh, the, I think the caps lock stays on, some other couple weird things. Now, you know, when you're hooking a USB component up to an Amiga, you're going to get, I don't blame the keyboard, per se. It's just your, the Amiga is doing a lot of uh, silly pet tricks to get this thing to work. You know what right. I mean? So I'm sure it's something goofy. I don't think it's got anything to do with the keyboard. But overall, Doug you know, puts the keyboard over. I mean, if you look at it, if you're watching at home, you can see it right there. And if you're listening to the radio, it's a beautiful sort of, Cream-colored keyboard with the Amiga logo in the upper right-hand corner. The keys, for the most part, match what an Amiga keyboard looks like. Doug actually puts them together, so you can sort of compare and contrast. You can see the buttons are a nice, beautiful white, bright white, mm-hmm. compared to your old keyboard. The gray is pretty close; it's not perfect, but I mean, again, I don't know when, who, when you buy a keyboard like this, but you're sort of an independent third party. You don't care. No. Like, what do you want? If you're going to buy something like this, if you're looking for an exact duplicate of your old Amiga keyboard, or do you want something in the spirit of? Which one do you prefer?
0: You know, if I have a, um, if if I have a sort of, you know, saying for life, it is in the spirit of. Okay, yeah. and the reason why is because you don't want something that is exactly the same because time has moved on and things have gotten better. Okay and so like if you can make something that gives me the same warm fuzzy feelings as the original thing but it adds some extra functionality in there you know and that that's exactly what this keyboard does you know it's got (laughs) it's got the light you know it's got the same sort of indicator lights and the the keyboard looks the same but it's usb you can use it for any computer it's got still got the logo on there i am 100 percent in favor of the in the spirit of
1: yeah and i mean i think it actually looks real sharp If you Mm -hmm. want to, I think it looks better. I mean, honestly, he also comes with additional keycaps, including a help key. If you want to put that on your keyboard, I mean, you know how keyboards are—you can pretty much configure them to do whatever you want. So, if you want to make this a straight—if you're using this straight up for like emulation, for example, you could put the help key on there and get rid of one of the keys that the Amiga didn't have and have your help key on there. For example, it's got the Amiga keys on there as well. You know, we've talked this keyboard a few times. And uh, it's a sharp-looking keyboard. Is it a pricey keyboard? It is. But as we know, when you're getting this stuff made, brother, it don't come cheap. And I know for a fact that this thing uh, cost—this was no easy task to get these things made up. Yeah. And so I doubt there's a whole lot of money being made per unit, if you know what I mean. This is pretty much a service to the Amiga public at large. Uh, So, if you're interested in getting a USB solution, I I really do suggest you watch Doug's video. That's one thing I like about Doug. I mean, he'll give you the straight scoop. He goes in and does crap that I wouldn't even think to do. Uh, And this is another good video. But Doug's excellent at these product reviews. And Doug's a good guy, too. So, if you haven't checked out uh, Doug's channel over there, it's Tin Mark. Look him up on YouTube. He's everywhere, Boat. There you go. Hey, one more thing I wanted to mention before we move off the news, Boat uh i've been in touch I, I some of you may have mentioned or noticed that last week i mentioned this that i the uh, new uh a uh, 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 mini amiga os is available for mr now uh, from mini com. if you go over to the web page you can download it i think you picked it up and i've got it i was talking i got a question on one of our i did a stream last week which i'll talk about in a second one of the questions i got Boat, was if. They were if he was ever going to port this to uh, this setup to an actual Amiga, which is I thought to myself, good idea. And I mm-hmm. talked to him, and he's actually almost finished that up. Cool. So there'll be a, a, an actual Amiga build, of the mini Amiga setup, uh, sometime in the next couple weeks. But if you haven't went over to check out uh, his stuff, uh, give it a shot, if, because he's got some good stuff while we're at it. But let's just go ahead and move uh, right into the site updates real quick, and we'll talk about it. So... We did. Uh, we had a big week, uh, Boat, of stuff. I mean, we were busy, busy boys this week. Um, let's talk about Boat, just real quick. The first thing we did this week was a rare 1200XL uh, show on Congo Bongo. We had a lot of fun with that, didn't we, Boat? hmm it was good. Yeah, very much fun. We also recorded an Ask the Amigos, which is out now. If you want to uh, hear the burning questions, about an hour of Ask the Amigos. That was a good time. Uh, then me and my brother, the Brent, did a ARG Presents last week going on the Commodore Pet. We had a real good time uh, playing Commodore Pet games. Uh, we played a board, a board game called Acquire on the Pet. We played a game called Lawn, where you mow your lawn. So check that out. And then lastly, this just went up uh, last night, Boat. Uh, it's I've cobbled together video of every game on the Amiga that runs in ham mode. Ham mode, Boat. I know you're you dying favorite. to know uh, what runs in ham mode. I had to consult the Hall of Light, and but I m- made a video of this. So if you're interested to see what kind of games run in ham mode, uh, this might be the video for you. Over on the stream team, we also had a, a busy uh, week, Boat. We had uh, Of course, I mentioned the my mini mega Mr. Stream that I ran last Friday. Ran a couple hours just playing games straight off the Mr. with the mini set up, and it was great. Really enjoyed that. Uh, myself and the Brent also had an unboxing this week. I uh, just hot off the presses. I know you people in Radio Land can't see it, but I'm sitting right here. I, I got myself an MSX2, everybody. Oh, yeah. For those who haven't seen it, and I got a little multi card for it. I want to thank the boys over at Pixel Gaiden, Eric Nelson, and Sanction for helping me get my feet wet and figure out what's going on with this thing. They really uh, set me up, and check their, their new episode just dropped. So check them out in our network at Pixel Gate, and that's a really good show. Um, we also had a the return of forty eight K Ram with streams by forty eight K Ram, where he got himself one of these Naboo computers. Boat. Have you heard Listen, much about the Naboo?
0: The Naboo is the new hotness. Everybody. It's everywhere,
1: isn't it? Yeah. It's everywhere. I'm like, what's the scoop on this thing? I don't know. Find out. Check out yeah. uh, streams by forty eight K. Our good pal Jack Flack. Fresh off uh, his van video, which I urge you to check out. Big Rob's Van uh, is the channel to check that out. He's got a uh, video up called Sprite Castle Talks Kong Off 3. This is where he talks about his visit to the Kong Off boat. It's Mm -hmm. a very interesting video. I urge you to check that out. Everything Flack does is great. He streams every Wednesday night on uh, Twitch, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then lastly... Uh, another in the series of Happy Zx co- uh, ZX's home c- uh, cooking. He's working on his new game uh, and doing his thing. I've got a couple more of those ready to bounce up there, too. So we should have another uh, bumper crop of stuff. If you have not checked out the Amigos stream team channel, I- I'd urge you to check it out. And if you would, uh, give us a subscription. We'd appreciate it. It's sort of the sister channel to our Amigos retro gaming channel, both on YouTube. That's pretty much all we've got, boat. What do we got coming up next week? Let's see, shall we? Oh man, Glo- global gladiators, boat. Does that mean I, anything to you? I cannot wait
0: for this game. <laughs> is it? Cannot.
1: Is this like? Is this like a, a Captain Planet? No. Is this, this is
0: like? This is like McKids. Or oh, this is the McDonald's MC game. Kids. Yeah. So we're yeah.
1: finally going to play this after That's all these right. years. That's Holy right. smokes. I can't believe it. Well, that now I am excited about that, but that should be a lot of fun. Yeah. The good stuff. McDonald, I'm gonna have me a big Mac while I'm playing, just to me too. Just make it work. Me
0: too. It's a our, it's our crack, 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 the egg into the bowl. We're gonna do that. <laughs> All right. All right. Guys, thank you as always for listening. We want to thank a special shout out to our patrons, patreon.com slash amigos podcast. If you want to watch us live, twitch.tv slash amigos retro gaming. We'll catch you guys next week for Global Gladiators. Until then, adios. Adios.